Hi. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything is fine. Hey, everybody. Everything's fine. Hey, everything's fine. Relax. Everything is just fine. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Everything's Fine. I'm your host, Kyle Pagan, as always, joined here by Mark Henry. And one thing, Mark, you're going to learn about me is that I'm going to flip-flop. I'm going to flip-flop every single week, depending on how Jalen Hurts plays, depending on how the Eagles plays, depending on how the defense plays, depending on how uh, Nick Sirianni calls a ball game. And you know what? I know there's no moral victories, but I'm going to say this right now. The Eagles are 2-2 two two in my book. In terms of moral victory, yeah, I, I definitely came in. I definitely came in expecting a blowout, and it didn't feel like a, a, a total blowout. So, uh, yeah, I, people seem to be furious. I'm not as mad as everyone else. Short week, I think on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we thought the line. I mean, they ended up winning by twelve. Don't get me wrong, but we thought the line was way too low at five and a half where it started. Got bumped up all the way to seven. I thought they were going to lose by fifty. And then you kind of dig into it more and you see the Kansas City defense is absolutely uh, terrible, terrible, terrible defense. But I don't know. I was encouraged by Jalen Hurts yesterday. I I, uh, I liked Nick Sirianni's game plan. I thought they moved the ball very well on this Chiefs defense. It would have it would have it, it would have been worse if they were totally like just dominated on both ends of the ball. I mean, they put up 30 points, had 21 points taken away from I don't know what you thought about the penalties. I thought that Andre Dillard, illegal man downfield, uh, he just gets a block, and I feel like he falls forward, and that's why they call it. And then that J-Jaw pick play, I mean, that defender was running with J-Jaw the whole time. Um, I was down there at the stadium doing uh, the interview that will be out later today around noon or one-ish. A lot of run the damn ball. Uh, I don't know if that's the dirty 30 old school mentality. We got it from both sides, the young guys and the old guys. But like, what's 10 more carries of Miles Sanders at 1.9 yards per carry going to do? Uh, I know he only got seven of them, but it it honestly wasn't working. Obviously, situational um, parts of the game, you know, they're they're down. They have to throw the ball. Unless the game plan was hope Patrick Mahomes tears his ACL, then I'm chalking this up as a moral victory because – I thought, you know, they played really well. And, and did Nick Sirianni have some head-scratching plays that fourth and three in the first quarter? That was a little wild where he, uh, they were going to go for it, took a timeout not to get a delay of game, then uh, obviously decided to kick the field goal. But, I mean, this defense wasn't stopping anybody. She scored on six of seven meaningful drives, and I think it was seven of eight. It was the first time, no, it was the fifth time in the NFL history where no team has, has bunted. Um what did you think of the game? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of ways I could go, I guess. Um, I'll, I'll just start out with the with the offense kind of just being like, I came into this game expecting a blowout. I came into this game, like you said, expecting to lose by 50. I knew that, uh, I mean, I, I don't know if the, a lot of Eagles fans just don't pay attention around the NFL or don't watch other Chiefs games or, you know, whatever it is. We were going to give up points. Like the, the defense was never going to stop the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. It was never going to happen. And no one does. Like their worst games, they put up 30 points. But I mean, it, it would be hard to say that I wasn't a little let down by the fact that we had we offered absolutely no resistance, but we did get a pick at one point. So I, I guess you can say that, 
you know, we did create a turnover. We got a big play to kind of try to change momentum. But any momentum that we tried to get throughout the game was obviously lost with three negated touchdowns by uh, by calls. And none of them were ridiculous calls. None of them were, you know, flat-out absurd calls that I, I can die on for the next week. But all of them were like, really? I mean, I mean, really? kind of, Like, the pick play, Jay Jaw was just as engaged with the guy as the guy was with him. But I get that that's the type of play that they're looking for uh, in terms of that pick play defensive passing or offensive pass interference, it, you know, you could have, you could have called that or you could have not. And then you also could have called or you could have not Dillard and the entire offensive line being down the field. The funny thing about that was they blamed it on Dillard. Um, and you know, the entire line was exactly where Dillard was on that play. So it's almost like they knew that if they called it on Dillard, Philly fans would get extra mad at Dillard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause we seemingly hate the guy. Um, Is a legal man downfield a dumb penalty? Yeah, especially in the RPO day and age uh, where you're kind of disguising whether you're running or passing on a play. Uh, I mean, yeah, 100%. I think it's an outdated penalty. But the other one, obviously, Devonta steps out of bounds in the same fashion. That Is Jalen that a Rager dumb did. penalty? No, that's not a dumb penalty. There should be probably – Yeah, that should be more – Taken so into kind of like if you're if you're able to be forced out when you have the ball in your hands, like you know how they could force out players when they catch the ball. I think if you're forced out, you should be able to come back in. Yeah, I agree. Uh, they they came down and said that you know because Smith was hand fighting and because he was going back and forth with the corner, it wasn't just him getting pushed. That that was why they said he couldn't reestablish his position. Um, you know that seems pretty subjective to me. Uh, I don't know exactly where the where the rules committee falls on subjectivity on that call, but you know, people blamed Rager a couple of weeks ago, including me, when he didn't have the wherewithal to not step out of bounds. You have to do the same with Devonta Smith, but I will say that Devonta Smith has eclipsed the 55 yard mark uh, twice in his four games, something Jalen Rager has not done yet in his career. Uh, so I, I understand if people are a little harder on Rager than they are on Smith. But honestly, the, where I look after the same exact play happening within three weeks of each other and negating uh, 80-yard touchdown both times or whatever it was is Nick Sirianni. You're a wide receiver coach, dude. How, how are you? How are how is it two times in three weeks that we're the only team in football that went out and hired a wide receiver coach basically to come be our head coach, and we have wide receivers that can't keep their feet in bounds? And all I saw all offseason, all I saw all week in practice, all I saw in training camp is Sirianni working with Smith and Sirianni working with Rager and working with Quez, always with the receivers. How are we doing this every week? How how are receivers stepping out of bounds? And like, I mean, I don't know. You see that play a hundred times on a Sunday and you don't see people step out of bounds. And it's happened to us twice in three weeks. Like it's, it's dumbfounding. Hmm. Yeah, I don't really have anything for you. It is a little unconventional, I would say. Uh, I don't know. I got some positives. I'm going to keep this pretty positive for today. There were some negatives. But uh, Jalen Hurts, career high, pass yards. My Jalen Hurts meter is 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 sitting like right in the middle. Like like all in is like 90 degrees. I'm sitting at like a 45-degree angle right now. 387, he impressed me, did what he had to do. Didn't make a stupid comment after the game, after they asked him, saying, was this the best game he ever played? He said, look, we lost, you know, typical Jalen Hurts fashion. Um, I don't think those will ever go out of style. 
those uh those those post game press conferences with uh, with Jalen Hurts. I don't think he's ever going to say something stupid or just say I got to watch the film or I got to watch the tape and get back to you because that was Carson by year four just being like I got to watch the tape and then I'll get back to you. And he never got back to us, in my opinion. <laughs> Uh, the O-line played pretty good for, for Lane Johnson coming down with uh, personal problems uh, a, a, an hour before the game, it felt like. Uh, sh- we hope everything's okay. I know you have to say that as a disclaimer and everything. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't understand what it could be. Um, I hope his ankle didn't collapse. I hope everything's all right in that sense. But uh, that sucked. Um, first interception of the season, like you said, the first and only D-line pressure that I remember in the game Forced a Mahomes interception. Uh, Jay Jaw living up to that second round grade with that forced fumble and a great block in the couple, first couple of series and whatnot. And uh, Eagles now own the fourth, eighth, and ninth pick in the NFL draft. Any other positives? Yeah, I mean, you, you look at you look at Gainwell, Kenny Kenny Gainwell, oh, yeah, someone, Kenny someone, someone, he's got juice, dude. Kenny G, yeah. dude's got juice. So, I mean, it does seem like. You know, this is the second straight coaching staff that has tried to turn Miles Sanders into a committee running back when it seemed like coming into the year he was going to be the workhorse. And I think that that says a lot about Miles Sanders. I think it says a lot about what Miles Sanders' future looks like. I think it says a lot about what his contract situation is going to be when that expires here. It looks like, uh, to me, that they look they like Kenny Gainwell just as much as Miles Sanders, and they like using him in the past far more than Miles Sanders. So. That, that's something to look forward to throughout the year. I, I wonder if Gainwell ends up becoming the number one running back by the end of the year. And like you said, with Miles Sanders 1.9 yards per carry and Gainwell making some plays when he got some chances, their snaps ended up being pretty close. Uh, I, I mean, Gainwell impressed far more in this game than Miles Sanders has so far this season. Um, so, so that's going to be something to, to watch for going forward. All right, I got some negatives. Defense absolutely stinks. Defense after the front four absolutely stinks how are we going to stop sam darnold and not even sam darnold in the pass sam darnold on the run this man is leading the league in rushing touchdowns right now okay he's uh sam lamarnold <laughs> that's not bad i i got that from nfl uh reddit um this 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 defense stinks um darius slay steven nelson i don't know i'm not the greatest of like wow the cornerbacks i'm not you know crushing game, uh cornerback tape so i haven't really heard their names Darius Slay comes out and says, put some respect on my name. Uh, I've only had two guys get over 100 on me in like nine years, so I'm going to put some respect on his name and say, yeah, he's been playing pretty well this year. But holy shit, I don't know who called Wilson on Tyreek Hill, but it had shades of of Nate Jerry last year against uh, Chase Claypool. That was ridiculous. I I don't know what the – what the thought process that would leave someone to putting Eric Wilson on Tyreek Hill is when he's a slow linebacker. It's not like he's like a fast linebacker. Like it's that's that's insane to me. But regard besides that, besides that, which is pretty big besides, I will say that I'm not gonna kill the defense like everyone else did. They sucked. They were terrible. They were awful. Inexcusably bad. But it's Kansas City Chiefs. But Every, everyone's killing them by not being able to stop the run. It's like, oh, you want them to sell out for the run against Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Tyree Kill. We already saw that Tyree Kill had, what, 800 yards on us yesterday and yeah. was able to get everything he wanted deep. We have you, could to, pass, you could have pets that in before the game. Yeah, yeah. And I, I said one of them were having 40 points in fantasy. I don't know where Hill ended up at, but he had to be right around. I think he had three touchdowns. He had to be have like 
close to 200 yards. So he had to be close to around there. But yeah, I mean, I don't know how you kill any team with how they do against the Chiefs. I mean, I think the Browns have shown that they're like one of the best defenses in football. They held uh, the Vikings to seven this week. They held another team to six last week, I think. Uh, the Bears, I think. Uh, but they couldn't hold the Chiefs at all. They held the Chiefs for a quarter, and then the Chiefs didn't didn't stop scoring from the second to the fourth quarter, and they put up 33 points uh, after, uh, I think, a scoreless first. So that just shows you the best of defenses are going to get shredded by the Chiefs. The Chargers did a really good job against the Chiefs. They still gave up 24 points. I think Mahomes still had like 350 yards. So it, it is concerning that, you know, they could run the ball whenever they wanted, and that's not what Kansas City's MO is. But I kind of understand you're never going to be able to sell out for the run and you're always going to have to leave the box unstacked. And, you know, once Kansas City picked that up, they were just able to run the run the daylights out of the ball. And there's nothing you can really do to stop Patrick Mahomes. But I mean, they didn't even contain him. And I get the frustration, but but I will kind of I'll let it play out next week against Carolina. um, And then I will really make a judgment on this defense by how they play against a team like Carolina, which I think they can stop. I mean, that the team was stopped for most of today. They put up some garbage time against Dallas, but Dallas handled Carolina pretty well defensively until the end of the game. Let's check in on the competition right now. Let's see what the competition has to say. We've got uh, this small little radio network called uh, WIP. I don't know if you ever heard of them. Uh, they want to know if, who do you think would make a better defensive coordinator for the current edition of the Eagles, Jonathan Gannon or Seth Joyner? Here, vote for Seth Joyner. I just want to see what the results are here. Seth Joyner, 83.8%. <laughs> Seth That's Joyner. Not, that is not a lot of polls. That's not a lot of votes. And like, uh, like over, I mean, what, what time is it? It's like over an hour of that being out. They got a ton of followers. They get, get your votes up. Seth Joyner, a man who has never thrown his hat in the ring for defensive coordinator, nor for a uh, coaching position in the NFL, nor has ever coached the NFL, nor do I think his uh, demeanor and uh, everybody's soft mentality translates to today's NFL. Seth Joyner, 83.8% when Jonathan Gannon is probably going to be a head coach in the future. Um, I know everybody came in talking about him. A lot of the beats came in talking about him, uh, a, a defensive guy who will be definitely a coach in the uh in the nfl someday so uh is that the epitome right there of uh of the audience of the fan base of of, of wip's morning show yes uh yeah i'll leave it at that i won't go too mean they did produce colleen wolf they produced others but uh, i can't wait not, till the wip morning show's crew dies not the crew yeah, the, I mean, the 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 fan base just put angelo in a home please there's a really good Angelo Cataldi fighting with the uh, Avalon Beach Patrol. Um, uh, what, what, the, the Beach Tags Patrol? He took the Beach yeah. Tag people to court one time. <laughs> for, that's, pretty, that's pretty legendary. For for having the audacity to ask him for Beach Tags. Like, just go to the ocean like everyone else does. All right? Just just leave just leave your, your chair and your cooler when you see the Beach Tag people and just Go to the ocean like everyone else does or go off the beach or walk around. Yeah. Took the Avalon Beach Patrol to to court for uh, for beach tags. Um, Yeah. So uh, let's see what other polls they have. Beach tags are bullshit. 
I'll oh, beach it. tags are bullshit. I think Wildwood does free beaches. Yeah, After Jalen yeah, Hurts' 434-yard performance, do you still have doubts that he can be the next Eagles franchise quarterback, Mark? Yes. I don't know what the what percent. You're with the majority. 63.7% say yes. Sorry, I forgot I didn't put it up. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. I, like I told you, my, my Jalen Hurts franchise meter, it's right in the middle. It's right in the middle right now. But I don't know. I saw some things that were great. I think it's a pretty shitty shitty Kansas City defense as we uh, as we went over. One good thing is, supposedly, according to some insiders, they're out on Deshaun Watson now. The Eagles, Miami or bust. Um, one other bad thing. I think our coach is now like 72. This is a, this is a tough look from Nick Sirianni. Yeah, he's looking rough. It was a rough look yesterday. Well, the thing is, like that's not Nick Sirianni, but it is Nick Sirianni. That looks like my that looks like my uncle Mike, who's that's an old a man, man that looks like he has a Tuesday meeting. He's not looking forward to this week. That is, I can't even <laughs> understand how that happens. Like he looked so youthful a week ago. WIP tweeted out a picture of him today because he was coming on their show. He looked like he was twenty six years old in the picture. And then and you got this picture. Oh my god. Looks like he's like 57 years old. <laughs> Do you remember the Doug like the at the end of the year the Doug press conferences it was like, yo, is Doug all right? Like that dude had such like bags under his eyes. I said he looked like a ghost like a ghost butler. Like he looks like a just a an old coal miner from 1960s West Virginia and Nick's not looking too much better. I don't know if you age 20 years when you come to Philadelphia, but holy shit. The thing about Doug was like Doug always looked older than he was though. Like even when he came here, maybe it's just like the hair that he had. Like he always looked older. I actually have no idea how old Doug is. I would guess mm, mid to late fifties, probably probably 55. that's, That's a guess. But I, I actually don't know. Sirianni's in his 30s, right? Or is Sirianni 40? 40. He's 40? Yeah, yeah. So How 40? That's not good for 40 right there. Like, that's – that is – I mean, it's just crazy because two weeks ago he looked, like, young for 40. Like, he looked like he was 30 going on 40. Now he's 40 going on dead in yeah. that picture. Like, that is that is really – take yes, that, that's insane. I don't know if someone had like the unfiltered camera. I'm pretty sure there was a Goosebumps book <laughs> back in the day that was like a camera, and if you if you if you took a picture with the camera, it would make you like 40 years older or or kill you. I forget. I know that's a, it's like a ring the ring situation. Yeah, there you go. I just I can't believe it. I mean, he looks weathered. He looks broken down. He looks a shell of a man. He doesn't look. He does his, his biceps not looking as jacked anymore. So I don't think he's jacked. I think he's skinny fat, but he yeah, just has I, good arms. I think he's the guy that doesn't do any core, any chest. He goes into the uh, into the performance center, into the into the weight room, and kind of just bangs out a couple twenty five pound curls, maybe thirty five pounds if he's feeling good. I when you got a kid, when you're a coach and you got a kid and family at home, you know you're still kind of young. You want to be in their lives and everything. Football is a grind, man. You got to do twelve hours of tape. You got to go home. 
make sure the family's all good. You only got like 10, 30, 10 to 30 minutes to uh, crush out some, some buys and tries. You tell that to Ed Orgeron down there. He's like running all over LSU all day long. Uh, Is that what we're, we're going to call that a run? <laughs> that's, that's what we're calling that's, that's that? Fair. Hey, man, he's just talking to Mr. Ray Baker, the son up there. And, you know, he, he's just going at his pace. He's, uh, it's a leisurely, a leisurely jog. His pace is like zombie. He's like, <laughs> but no, I mean, that's, it's not what I want to see at my head ball coach looking like that, looking like the uh, Philly media has already gotten to him, looking like the losses nah. have already gotten to him four weeks into the season. We need him doing the Ed Orgeron jog around Philly, like doing the Rocky run, but just like a casual jog. Like a very- he hasn't done that yet. Yeah, you're actually right. I'm surprised. That like, how do we not have a video of Nick Sirianni running up the steps? Yeah, I feel like that's the biggest upset right there. Got to run through the Italian market, run through, get get all the way there to the, to the steps. Uh, what video will be waiting there for some reason? What do you think of the highlighter and the pen and the highlighter again in the uh, in the visor? We went three highlighters with the Brandon Graham and with the Isaac Samalu number on the. Uh, I mean, the way the offensive line is playing, that the brim of that hat's going to look like an Ohio State helmet by the end of the season. <laughs> Yeah, I liked it though. It was good. Uh, it's it a good gimmick uh, by by Sirianni. I'm into the I'm into the highlighters. I like the just keep sticking shit up there. Just keep like eventually gonna have like a hammer like sticking out like like Chip had the uh, the Denny's looking like play call sheet mm-hmm. with the H three on the back or the B three whatever it was. What was Doug Stick? Just the visor. Yeah, and having huge balls. Yeah, that disappeared as last year. Andy had the same thing, kind of the uh, the play call sheet, I feel like. Um, and he was just fat. And then I guess Sirianni has the pens and the highlighters. But, like, when do you use the pen? When do you use the highlighter? Like, what highlighter, like, is, is that is the highlighter, like, good play? Is the pen, like, the cross out? Like, yeah, I'd actually be very curious to, like, figure out the color coding system of what Sirianni's got going on on his play sheet. I'm very curious about it, but I mean, shifting sides here to the other coach uh, and the guy that we just mentioned, Andy Reed for Kansas city, obviously getting his hundredth win uh, for Kansas city in Philadelphia. And I just want to say for a guy that went to the ER on Sunday, uh, we like, he made a lot of jokes about being unhealthy this week. <laughs> like, like, like he did the whole, Josh Gordon came in with 7% body fat. He said something about, like, I'm going to get there next now. Like, I'm, I'm going to get to 7%. And it's like, dude, I get that the jokes are funny. Maybe not when you thought you had a heart attack six days ago. Like, you had one too many, you had one too many donuts and, and you're, and you thought you were, you thought that was it. He but, said, he said, um, I, I really enjoyed having cheesesteaks like in my room. Yep. He said he came to Philadelphia <laughs> and was like, yeah, my room was just littered with food. This is a guy who had like like a cardiac arrest. They probably had to bring him back to fucking life a week ago. And it's just like, yeah, you know, I got cheesesteaks. I had some pizza. Uh, someone asked him like Wednesday. He's like, are you going to change your 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 habits? And he goes, no, nah, I feel good as ever. And I said, OK, fine. I mean, Andy Reid's going to die when he when he's done coaching. Like that's he's going to have a joke. It's going to be a Joe pop. Like all yeah, that guy well, knows I, is or, coaching. Or it could be a Javon Belcher situation, dying at the Chiefs facility. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Might have to edit that one out. Um. 
I, Andy Reid will die when he's done coaching because he – what else does that guy know? He doesn't know family time. He's pro- <laughs> his kids have proven that. Jesus Christ. I didn't know we were taking aim at Andy Reid this morning. I mean – But I'm all about like, it. Let's call a spade a spade. Are we supposed to say Tyreek Hill is a great football player? He's kind of a shithead off, off the field. Andy Reid, great football coach. Not the guy I would look to be leading my team. My team being my family. Who's a better father, Andy Reid or Tyreek Hill? <laughs> that's see, that's a question around the water cooler. That is, that's a good question. But uh, I mean, do you think Lori's trying to kill him? Like, is that just is, like, are they putting food in Andy's like in Andy's thing just to like we're done hearing about how we got rid of Andy and how he's killing it elsewhere? We need to. It's like it's like when someone dies close to your family and you just get so many edible arrangements, so many (laughs) edible arrangements. I had like 20 edible arrangements at one point. And it's just like, what is going on here? Uh, At one point, you just start giving them away because the fruit gets sour. Uh, Thing with Andy, I think they just sent him gift baskets. The Eagles, they just sent him gift baskets. They were like, hey, federal donuts. Here's some pizza. Here's Jim's. Little Shake Shack, some Philly soft pretzels, some Shake Shack. You know, go hog wild there, big guy. Did you know he had a he had a hand in drafting Jalen Hurts for the Eagles? The Eagles consulted him. I feel like we hear about this with every decision the Eagles ever made, where it's like, well, actually, Andy Reid hired Doug Peterson. It's like, oh, well, actually, Andy Reid told him to hire Nick Sirianni. It's like I feel like every decision that's ever made. Well, when they traded up for Carson Wentz, they actually really want to know what Andy Reid thought. It's like. I just feel like this is just something that we say about everything. Like, this is like the 10th time I've heard this happen in the last decade. It was also the uh, Andy Reid says uh, the Eagles are in good hands with Nick Sirianni. It's like, what else is he going to say? Yeah. And if you saw the if you saw him in the video, he was like, yeah, I think they're in good hands. That was it. Didn't didn't give anything glowing on him. Andy Reid fired Nick Sirianni when he got to Kansas City. So it was like. What's what's Andy Reid know about Nick Sirianni? He didn't even have a cup of coffee with with Andy Reid. Um, hey Nick you, Sirianni challenged him to he, to rock paper scissors, and Andy's like, I don't know, just yeah, I'm not not my guy. Uh, I mean, Nick Sirianni has to win every rock rock paper scissors hands by now. He rock paper scissors uh, competition now because like legitimately, the, the the dude just played like over a million games. Like his reps have to be just so tight. Um, what do you think about the Panthers next week? How you feeling? Good defense. Terrible O-line. If we don't get any pressure on Sam Darnold, I, do we despise Sam Darnold? No. Cowboys put a spy on him this week. Do they? Cowboys put a spy on him, and he still had a touchdown. Uh, the, the touchdown was a really good play. That was a, that was a Joe Brady call right there. They did the the old Madden. Uh, well, I guess it's not really Madden, but in Madden, the best play used to be the fake toss fullback handoff and or the, the fullback handoff fake toss. Good for like four did, yards every time. Yeah, exactly. Money on the goal line. Mm-hmm. And they did like the whoop, fake toss and then just like run right up the middle. Like the whole defense sold out for the option thinking he was going to Hubbard. And he just like ran straight in the middle untouched. Uh, it was a really, really good play call. Um, Carolina, the, the big thing about them with this week for me, if they had Christian McCaffrey, I'd be up late at night, like tearing my hair out. Like how are we – going to not get torched for 300 yards by McCaffrey on the ground and through the air. And he's just one of those types of players. Like I always talk about third downs being so telling of how good a player is. Like 
And that usually is a quarterback thing, like Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson. Those guys are just so unstoppable on third down. Patrick Mahomes, I mean, we, he had three back-breaking scrambles in that game where it was like, oh, my God, like how are you supposed to stop this team? Best I kind of feel the world. Oh, it absolutely is. Uh, but I kind of feel the same way about McCaffrey as a running back. Like on third down, that guy, the, the amount of ways that you can use him to get him out wide, run a little curl, like – there are so many, and you can send them deep if you need to. Like, there are so many ways you can use McCaffrey against this Eagles defense specifically. Like, I don't even know who you would put on him. Wilson, as, like, you put Wilson on him. Yeah, no, you probably would actually. <laughs> like, that's that's the fucked up part. But I, uh, without McCaffrey, I really do think that this Carolina team is going to be a little different. We saw in that Thursday night game they weren't like high powered against Houston. Uh, they obviously got behind early from Dallas. They did end up putting points on the board, but they were down like thirty three to 14 or whatever it was in that game. Like that wasn't a game uh, at like in the second, third quarter. So it's hard to say what Carolina is without McCaffrey, but I just know that I'm a lot less nervous about the game. I actually think this is a game. The Eagles could absolutely win. Um, I mean, they do have some weapons at wide receiver. That'll be something that, you know, probably will not be easy to contain with DJ Moore having a great year. Robbie Anderson, not really having a great year, but pretty talented. Coming back to or it's in Carolina, so he's not coming back to Philly. But you get the you get the reference. Uh, and then Terrace Marshall Jr., the rookie, not doing much. But Terrace Marshall Jr. reminds me a lot of Chase Claypool from last year, um, in terms of just being really, really big and athletic, and maybe not tearing up the NFL yet. But when he's coming into Philly, and we don't have anyone above the height of five eleven that can defend anyone, I mean, that's going to be a problem against a guy like Terrace Marshall Jr. So I would say watch out for that guy, kind of having a breakout game against us, but I, I I'm not too afraid of the Carolina offense. The defense, another story. Um, who knows what this offense is? We looked bad against what I thought was a bad Dallas defense. And then we looked great against what we know is a bad Kansas city defense. So it'll be interesting to see where Carolina's defense is. They gave up a lot of points to Dallas and where our offense is uh, compared to a more league average unit. Hmm. I think it's going to be a nice under game. I think it's gonna be a pretty boring game. I have the over. I, that was one of the one of the bets I, I already I already put on. So lock that in for our Friday skydiving uh, segment. Kyle's got Which I'm down what five now. You don't want to know what you're down because it's not. What am five. I down? Six. Let's just say that your record is three and nine on the year. And let's just say that my record is eleven and one on the year. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I didn't lose a game this week, Kyle. The three I gave out five picks total, and the three I gave out on the show all won. I went but I won out. one, right? No, I think you went zero and three. Unless we uh, we the will Washington won. You didn't bet on Washington, did you? I thought I'd Washington Atlanta. I thought the Heine King. No, I thought that was. I think that was two weeks ago when they lost. You had the you had the Giants to lose. Um, you had the Jets to lose, and you mm-hmm. had the Texans plus seventeen. Yeah, I know, right? The fucking Texans, man, plus seventeen and a half. <laughs> That is anyone coaching that fucking handy. team down there? Yeah, dude, I'm gonna be skydiving. But this is gonna be this is going to be the greatest comeback in the history <laughs> of comebacks. I'm down eight picks right now. Well, I'm actually gonna do my homework this week. I will let you erase the Titans' loss if you want. You did DM me before the game. You said you should be able to change the pick, but you never changed the pick. If you want to be three and eight instead of three and nine, that's that's that you can do. That. Are we gonna remember that? Is that gonna fuck us up? No, I'll remember it. Okay, I want to be three and eight. All right, I got it. I got you. All right, I'm only seven down, seven back. Maybe you'll have to make four picks one week or something. I'm like the Phillies in uh, in mid-July. We all know how that planned out. <laughs> well, 
<laughs> I'm the Phillies in mid-July when there was hope, or mid-August where there was hope, and we were we, the Mets were coming into town. Um, all right, let's get around to the NFC East. Uh, we touched on it a little bit, the Panthers-Cowboys. This was the nice bowl coming into the game. The Panthers had scored 69 points, and the Cowboys had allowed 69 points. Like we said, Sam Darnold, he leads the league in rushing TDs. You said Dalton Schultz fumble? Could have turned the tie to the game. 13-7, Dalton Schultz uh, like gets obliterated by Jeremy Chin. I have it for you here. Gets absolutely hit-sticked by Jeremy Chin, and they call forward progress on it. Yeah, officiating was really bad. Officiating really sucks bad this year. weekend. Yeah, it really has. I mean, Penn State got screwed again this week on, I think they messed up the downs again. I, like, I've never seen it before. In two weeks in a row, Penn State's downs have gotten messed up. Look at this. Jeremy Chin, hit stick. Dalton Schultz fumbling the ball. They called forward progress. I actually didn't see that. Um, I... Uh, so I have some red zone complaints. I have some some NFL football complaints, and this is kind of how I'll, I'll react to this. How is it 2021, and I, you know, I have cable, and I can't watch every game. I get it. Sunday ticket not on Verizon, by the way, which I have. How am I not able to flip on any game that I want to watch? Like the fact that I have two options and one option this week at one o'clock, actually. So I was. Like I had to watch the Eagles on one TV and I had to watch red zone on the other. I tried to get streams for the Washington game. I tried to get streams for the, the Browns game, all these games, but they're all behind and red zone will scoop you if anything does happen. But any, if you have like two bets in a one o'clock slate and you, that's all you care about red zone for, you have fantasy players in one game. That's all you care about red zone for. They will make sure that you don't see a second of that game. Red Zone refused to put on the Ravens game at 4 o'clock. I saw none of the game. They refused to put on Browns-Vikings. I get it. It was a 14-7 game. But the the games I wanted to watch, the games I wanted to see, they refused to put on. Washington-Atlanta, they scored like 60 points, 64 points. I barely saw the game on Red Zone. You'd think with all the points, they'd be on there. I'm furious with Red Zone. I'm furious with Scott Hansen. I'm furious with Verizon. Fuck you, Red Zone. That's my take. Jerry Jones. It's Jerry Jones' fault. Why he he negotiates all the TV deals? Really? He's basically like, like like Roger Goodell is like his puppet, and he just like works yeah. his works his mouth. Um, uh, you know, you know Jerry Jones is my my fraternal brother, correct? No, he's he's in my fraternity, Jerry Jones. It it's, still shocks me to this day that <laughs> you were in a fraternity. Hey man, I went to Kutztown. He went to Arkansas. Same bolt, same thing, same size. About what frat? Kappa Sigma. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's like millions of you guys. Yeah. It's throughout huge. the world. Um, yeah, man, I, I don't, I, you know, licenses, agreements, greed, money. Like Red Zone's a great invention. And, but why can't we get every MLB game? Or why can't we get every NBA game? Why can't we get every soccer game, every hockey game? It's greed, money, licenses, agreements, blackouts, local TV, ratings. I don't know. I don't really have a good answer for you. I actually have. I don't know if you were too in tune with this last week. Red Zone, I guess Fox and CBS are mad that everyone's watching Red Zone and not the games now. So they lowered their score, their scoreboard under. So when Red Zone would show it, they wouldn't have the time on it. Like Fox was literally just like, screw you, Red Zone. What are you going to do? And Red Zone just got rid of their Chiron at the bottom, like their ticker. So eventually they fixed it. But yeah. like Fox was like, 
checkmate. <laughs> you can't you can't show the times of the games. What are you going to do? <laughs> okay, we're just going to move this graphic over here. We're going to place it over there now. Like it's very funny. What the fuck goes on at TV ex- like executives like brains? Yeah, it's like, like how, how did that him. meeting go? How that meeting where it's like we're going to lower it by about 4% and it's going to really screw red zone over. Oh man. What do you want to do? Saints Giants next or or Yeah, Austin? yeah, we can we can touch Giants. on Saints Giants. All right, Saints, Saints Giants. Saints lose. What are they? They they had to kill a bunch of parlays, the Saints. For sure. Uh first game since Hurricane Ida, your boy Daniel Jones final stat line 28 for 40, 402 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. That interception came on a Hail Mary at the end of the first half. And then we had the Jabril Peppers overtime coin toss video, which is absolutely awesome, which is definitely how Matt Hasselbeck thought he sounded um, <laughs> when he said, we want the ball and we're going to score. But uh, this is how he thought. This is how he's supposed to sound. It's like one of, my, one of my first football memories, by the way. Jabril Peppers getting caught on the hot mic. You're our visiting team. You have the choice. This is tails. This is heads. And it is heads. We want that motherfucker. He he calls the old white ref the N-word first when he says heads. <laughs> I was like, what? He's like, oh, oh, heads. Sorry. He's like, yeah, you know you're on a hot mic. Wins the coin toss. Malcolm Jenkins is just staring, you know, consummate professional. Jabril Peppers just goes, fuck them after they win the uh after they win the the, the coin toss. What a what a great move by Jabril Peppers. You you knew they were going to win the game right there. I feel like I knew they were going to win the, the game the whole game. Like, I, I just felt when it was close and it was that mucky, ugly, like 14-14 all game, it's just like, you know the Giants are winning this game. Like, you know the Giants are finding, like, figuring out a way to win a bullshit overtime late game here. Yeah, I mean, I, I Daniel Jones looked really good this year. It's hard for me to continue just, like, shitting on him and saying he's bad but i still don't believe that he's good whatsoever so i I mean i guess i just will continue to he had a fumble in this game that didn't count as a fumble but he absolutely fumbled they said it was a complete pass uh but it was just like yet another daniel jones small hands situation uh but he got lucky that his arm was moving slightly forward uh whatever uh the saints are the biggest mystery in football to me like i have no idea what they are um I bet on them last week against the Patriots. By the time that game time came around, I was terrified. I thought they were going to lose. They ended up rolling the Patriots, and it's like, oh, maybe the Saints, you know, maybe the Saints are pretty good. They had that week one huge performance, the week two letdown, and, you know, they came out and handled the Patriots. And then you come out and lay an egg against the Giants, and I get that this game went to overtime. This game went to overtime because Taysom Hill had two of the craziest runs I've ever seen. Like, the one run, I, I actually, like, don't think it got enough like publicity yesterday. Like I'm not a Taysom Hill guy, but it it felt like he had like nine chances to be brought down on that play. And he just kept bumbling and stumbling to the end zone. And and he had two of them like that. The saints offense was dead. Most of that day, Uh, the saints D backs did not do a very good job. I mean, Saquon had his best game of the year by far. Uh, Finally seems like he's back a little bit. Um, I don't believe in the giants. I think they're still pretty bad. But this was a weird game. It went on the road, go to New Orleans, you do this. Maybe, uh, who knows? The Saints are a complete and utter mystery. You also don't bet against the Saints after a national tragedy and they come back in the first game. 
That's true. I, That's true. I wouldn't be surprised if 98% of the handle, 98% of the money was on the Saints. I yeah. Mean, the only the only person I saw in the country on the Giants was Big Cat. <laughs> it's like, it was his mortal lock. I didn't see anyone else. Like every gambling show I listened to, every gambling like person that I talked to and go back and forth with, no one liked the Giants. Like I, I didn't see anyone on the Giants. But how could you? Hurricane Ida takes takes over New Orleans. There's a fire on the Superdome or Mercedes Benz or whatever the hell it's called. I don't even call it Mercedes Benz anymore. They come back, rocking the stadium. Holy shit. I would never have bet on the Giants, but good for you. They definitely crushed a couple of uh a couple of parlays or some teasers. So, sometimes when I go on other podcasts, I think I'm on this podcast. Uh so shout out to the SEC. But I made an inappropriate joke about the Superdome being on fire. Billy Joel, we didn't start the fire, all that stuff. Uh and you know, the the <laughs> person I did the pod with looked at me like I was uh you know, insulting a national tragedy on here. That would have been par for the course, but um, I, I thought they were just moving another uh, convicted sex offender uh, priest when that happened. <laughs> the white smoke, yeah. yeah. I just thought, Hey, the brown smoke. Yeah. Black yeah, smoke's flying. Another priest got moved in the New Orleans uh, Catholic school. Archdiocese. <laughs> yep. Um, you got anything else in this game? No, we, we, we get to the, we got to get to the main game. Now the game, everyone was ready for this week. The game, everyone wanted to see. The Heine King. The Heine, the Heine, the Heine King. I mean, what an awesome just display by the Heine King. Oh, my God. He's a superhero, man. He just, he plays out of his mind. I don't know if you have the other one of him just totally doing a tribute to Bo Nix. I don't have it. That bone explosion was crazy. That bone explosion was crazy. And just totally throwing across his body behind him over to, what was it, McKessick? Yeah, I think it was. I think it was yeah, McKessick. Yeah, McKessick, and McKessick, win, McKessick takes it 40 yards, dives into the end zone. They win. They go up with 30 seconds left. What an awesome game. Poor Falcons. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I mean, how many times do they have to, like, give up leads and lose games? It's so funny. Like, Arthur Smith did the whole hang the believe sign in the press conference room this week. He snapped Eddie. it on his way out, did the whole Ted Lasso thing. Uh, yeah, not great. Not great when, <laughs> when you can't stop the Heineken. And but Derek Henry looks really good. He's a dual threat running back now. Like Maybe it wasn't Arthur Smith. Well, it wasn't Arthur Smith. <laughs> Yeah, it does. He, Arthur Smith does not seem like an exciting hire as of right now. But well, what the Heineken Kings? Uh, oh, no. dude, it's this is this is this is how can you not get romantic about football? Heine King, he uh, he was basically sleeping on his mom's ca- or his sister's couch in Georgia. Uh, he like got cut from a team four times in five years. The XFL he was in that obviously got shortened by COVID. So he used to just walk around with like a fifty pound. Uh, weight vest around Georgia, around the neighborhood, and that's how he like kept in shape until uh, somebody on the uh, on on the Washington football team called him. It's just him, just you know, kind of reacting about his uh, his family and his sister and his brother in law. Let him sleep on his couch. Um, we're in attendance today. What was the key to this one? Physically, X's and O's, and mentally. 
you know, we had a lot of guys go down today. Uh, Logan went down. The uh, Curtis is getting a little sore there. So, so we have some guys that, you know, really don't practice those situations. But, you know, kudos to those guys. They pay attention throughout the week, and uh, we, got, we got the job done. Kudos to them and kudos to you. We have talked so much about your story. Last time you were in Atlanta, about 45 minutes from here, sipping on your sister's couch, thinking this football dream was over. I talked to you about how important it was to have all your friends and family here who didn't give up on you when you were giving up on yourself. What does this mean to you right here doing this today? Yeah, I'm trying not to get emotional, but uh, my sister was able, to, was able to make it today, and my brother-in-law, and they put up a lot uh, with me living at their house, and uh, they're the ones that really pushed me. So for, for that to happen at the end there, uh, for them to experience it, um, how can you not love the Heine King? Oh, I, he's the man. I have a political joke I'm not going to make, but um, yeah, Heine, Heine King is just get him sponsored by Heineken. Get hey, how is he not have a Heineken deal? Even if he wants to do the, the zero alcohol free Heineken, get him a deal. It's ridiculous. What a, what a great story. I mean, it's, is this the least hateable NFC East teams ever? Yeah. Washington. I don't hate Dak. I don't hate the Heine King. Daniel Jones is Daniel Jones. You can't hate a, a special person. Um, I, yeah. I just, I, I like this. I kind of like a couple of the guys from the NFC East. I'm sorry. I'm not four for four, brother. <laughs> I hate the Giants. Like everything that touches that royal big blue. Ugh, ugh, it just sends a shiver down my spine. I hate the Giants. I hate Daniel Jones. I hate Joe Judge. I hate Saquon. I hate all the guys. But besides the Giants, I don't hate. I don't hate the Cowboys or Washington football team right now. Like I don't hate Dak. I, I hate Zeke. I guess hate Mike like, McCarthy. I guess I hate Mike McCarthy too. That's fair. But Washington, this like this specific Washington football team might be like the most likable NFC East team, not outside of Philadelphia, for Eagles fans and forever. Heineke is the man. Antonio Gibson's fun to watch. McLaurin's a stud, fun to watch. Uh, young and sweaty, Chase Young and Montez Sweat. They're out there not playing that well, but they're Ron Rivera beat cancer. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> how did I not get to the fact that they're coached a cancer survivor? Yeah, it's it's pretty it's a pretty good nudge in that direction. Yeah, so likable. And I'm gonna be betting on rooting for Washington and like for the rest of the year. But Washington overs, ride them until the wheels fall off. Uh, they, these games just keep going into like the 60s and 70s with Washington. You just got to keep hammering uh, Washington overs. Those D-backs are terrible. Atlanta was uh, – I mean, Cordero Patterson had like four receiving touchdowns this game. I think he had three. But I think he might have even had like a close one that he might he almost got in. He was unbelievable. They had no hope in hell at stopping Cordero. Uh, yeah, that man has got to be 40 years old, and we already <laughs> talked about this earlier in the in the year. He's 30. How is that guy 30? He's been running kicks back since like early 2000s, I feel like. It's also I, crazy. If you told me he was in, I don't even know if he played for the Bears. I think he played for the Bears. He did. I, I, you could have told me he was in the uh, the Super Bowl against Peyton Manning. And I would have been like, yes, Cordero Patterson was. He was on the sideline. He was he was the next in line from Devin Hester. <laughs> he's. It's also crazy that it's been he's been around for eight years and he's been like hyped up every offseason. It's like a gadget guy. And he finally is being used as like an offensive player. Like, He's not just a kick returner anymore. Atlanta is like using him as their primary running back. <laughs> like using Everything him that Bill Belichick game. wanted to use him as. Exactly. No, it is crazy that Arthur Smith has figured that out, I guess, while he's figured out almost nothing else out. He certainly hasn't figured out how to get Kyle Pitts the ball. 
but he certainly has figured out how to get Cordero Patterson the ball. Um, Is yeah. it bad that I get him and Josh Cribbs mixed up all the time? <laughs> it, just because they're probably like 15 years, like Josh Cribbs are like 42 years old at this point. That's probably Not why really. I thought he was 40. Um, all right. One more thing before we go. And I think we have maybe another thing. Urban Meyer. <sighs> Urban Meyer got caught grinding up on a co-ed at his his bar that he owns. I didn't know he I didn't know he owned a bar. I mean, it's smart. If you're if you're a top college coach in the nation, you're winning national titles in that uh in that city. It's almost in your contract you have to open up a bar and just yeah. not be there. I wonder if he had it when he when he coached there or is this yeah. something he, is this something he opened when he stopped coaching there? No, 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 no. I th- I think that that bar's been around for at least 6 or 7 years. Are, are are phones and technology the best things that ever happened to us? Yeah, it's just like, does Urban Meyer still think it's 1995? Like, does he still think he can just go to bars and like grind up on coeds? Like, is that is that he just thinks that's fine? I, yeah, I mean the the thing is though too, his wife has spinning in their profile. Um, I think a lot of people thought that might have been about the bike. That might have been actually about their home lifestyle. So let's not pass judgment before we understand what Mr. and Mrs. Meyer are into in their private lives. I saw she liked the tweet um, uh, where it was like she put up like a recipe for like corn dogs or some shit like <laughs> with like some some extra shit in it or stuff. To, I, I don't even know if it's corn dogs. I, I forget what it was. And, and someone replied with the picture of Urban like looking into the camera with the girl like right in front of him. And it's like the feeling when you come home to corn dogs. <laughs> I don't know if she liked it. Like this was, it was like concurrently going on. Like she tweeted it, and then like this was all going on at the same time. And she liked the tweet. I don't know if she like knew the context, or I'm sure she did. But do you still know. think that she has? What do you think? Like first off, coming back in your house, do you think she still has all the pictures on the family table? Um, or did those like when Urban walks in the door, and he walks right into the living room? And the pictures are all off the family room table. Is he kind of like, shit, I'm in trouble, trouble. <laughs> and then goes into the kitchen. She's just waiting. Little glass of rosé right next to her. She's flipping a People magazine or a Home Goods magazine or something like that. Looks up, gives Urban Meyer the, the stare. And Urban knows he's he's down bad for the next two hours. They're going to hash Locks. this one out. Locks or do you change? Or do you kind of think it's like, hey, listen, the guy makes a bunch of shitload of money. It comes with the territory. We spin. I I don't know, because this is the guy that wrote a fucking contract to his family that they had to sign when he went back to coach Ohio State uh, when he after he faked his health problems. <laughs> um, so it really I have no idea on Urban Meyer anymore. Like you have some crazy. have some fucking respect. That's the next coach in Notre Dame. <laughs> oh, I'd fucking kill myself. But no, you wouldn't. I, you would love that shit. No, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. Why not? I I hate Urban Meyer. He turns not around wanna... programs everywhere he goes in the in college football, not the NFL. Yeah, I, I think we're past that. I, I don't know. I think he also went. To be fair, he also was in Florida and Ohio State. I get. I guess you could say Notre Dame, Utah that here. That's a long time ago, and he now it's not like he was winning national titles at Utah. He, Developed Alex Smith into the number. He one had a good quarterback. quarterback. He had a good quarterback for sure. But uh, there's just so many guys. Like, I would get more excited about, like, a Dan Mullen than, like, uh, than an Urban Meyer. Hiring Urban Meyer feels so dirty, and it feels like something, like, 
that everyone else has done. Like, I, I don't know. It's like taking the taking the slut home from the bar, Urban Meyer, at this point. Oh, like, I like that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Slut is that? That's probably not a word I can say. Nice. Um, but I, uh, I mean, is Urban Meyer's like answer just, you know, I'm down here in Jacksonville and it's North Florida. It's not hot enough. It's not sunny enough. The, the girls aren't out in their bathing suits. Like I think our Myers thing, like how he wants to explain it's like, if he can look and he can see then he doesn't have to like interact, like he doesn't have to do what he was doing at the bar. But so he's like, so if we go to a place in the Southern region of California, um, then, you know, there might be a lot of women around and that would really control my urges. I wouldn't have to go. I wouldn't have to open a bar and hit on a 19 year old. Um, so, you know, let's move to USA. Let's go take the job, Shelly. Do you think he's, he, do you think he faked a heart attack around like the 40th minute of, of the conversation while she's just berating him? He's like, Oh, just, I think my, my left arm's going numb. I know it's not true, Urban. Yeah. I know it's, I know you're not having a heart attack. I don't know why I gave her like a Jewish New York accent. <laughs> he just falls off the chair 40 minutes in. He's like, I got to I got to do something. I'm losing this battle real quick. I'm own yeah. four. I don't know if I'm calls, getting yelled at Trevor Lawrence or my wife. Calls Luke Fickle. He's like, Luke. He's like, <laughs> it's like, Luke, I'm going to need you to beat the piss out of Notre Dame this weekend. Okay. Uh, can we get Anything there? else before can, we get going? Can we stop there real quick? And uh, I, I'm a beaten man. I'm a depressed man. The Phillies missed the playoffs for a decade straight. The Sixers keep forcing me to talk about Ben Simmons. So I should say Kyle keeps forcing me to talk about Ben Simmons. Uh, the Eagles, you know, our defense can't stop a high, a high school team. And, you know, the dream is dead. Notre Dame, once again, will not win a national tri- championship in my lifetime uh, this year. I'm frazzled. I knew we were going to lose. I thought that Cincinnati would kind of be more impressive when they when they beat us. I, I thought Raider was going to throw for like 400 yards. But – the shame of it is the defense is really good. The running game is really good. The tight end is really good. For the 15th straight year, Notre Dame doesn't have a quarterback. So it's like, what's the point of any of this? Like, I, I don't know. It, it's It all feels so empty and stupid. Like, I, I care for six months of every year about this stupid team that's given me nothing but misery. And then they just put out a shitty quarterback who can't move like Jack Coon. Like, at least if it was Drew Pine or Tyler Buckner, I'd be like, oh, they're young. We're building for the future. No, we're playing a 25-year-old dude who's going to be selling insurance next year. Like, uh, it's, it's infuriating. But regardless of Notre Dame, no one's beaten Alabama or Georgia anyway, so I guess I shouldn't be that upset. The fact that people thought Arkansas and Ole Miss were going into, the, like, into those teams and beating them on the road, yeah, sorry. Uh, college football is a two-team sport this year, it seems. Did you see that uh, Lane Kiffin and his star quarterback are, like, buddies? Like they're friends. They like ran this whole profile on ESPN that like they're like best friends. He's like, I know you're not supposed to like this is Link giving like I know you're not supposed to say this, but uh yeah, he's like my best friend. And it's like those dudes definitely just run through sororities in Oxford. <laughs> Jerry Freshwater and his star quarterback. Yeah, it's like uh, when Lane Kiffin stepped off the plane at Ole Miss, uh that the one guy was telling there was like a, a whole crowd there. The one guy was telling him, make sure you get a burner phone. Make sure you get a second phone lane. (laughs) (laughs) College football is the absolute best. It really is. It it really, really is. Like this Saturday, there were so many games on. It just was one of those games where I just sat there and I was like, 
man. Yeah, usually this- there's a lull from like the one or the three thirty or the eight o'clock slot. You're exactly right. There was one at one. There was one at three thirty. There was one at eight o'clock, nine o'clock. That LSU Auburn game. No, it was unbelievable. It was a great, great Saturday for college football. Um, yeah, I mean, there's nothing like college football. The NFL is great. Like, I like the NFL maybe even more in some ways, but it's just like a different environment, a different thing. It's just like a, a full-on uh, um, 150 games going on. Just like it, it can't be touched. I mean, those, those Saturdays uh, – you don't get – like two Saturdays ago sucked. Like there was nothing on, especially at night. So you get a you get a slate like that where there's stuff at, at the noon, the 3.30, the night slate. Like everything was just – I love college football. All right. This is the podcast – Go birds. Uh, we'll get them next week. Eh, maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, I just well, next week will be a nice barometer game to see where Jalen Hurts is at against a very good defense. That's what I'm most looking forward to. How about you? For sure. Um, I, I think that, uh, and I said that earlier in the pod. I'm not as sure that Carolina is a very good defense. I think that they're probably above average. Would, would be like I don't think they're a top ten defense. I think they're probably above average. They've gotten a lot of pressure though. They they have gotten a ton of pressure. So that's going to be something to watch for. Is the O-line going to play as well as it did against Kansas City, against Carolina, or is that just KC being terrible at getting to the passer? That's going to be the main, kind of the main thing to watch for. Because I think the D-backs are vulnerable. It's great analysis right there. All right, that's the podcast. If you like what you hear, subscribe, rate, review, uh, listen to us on uh, YouTube, or you can listen to us in Apple, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. Have a great rest of the day, and we'll talk to you Wednesday. We'll put a We'll put a little dirt on the uh, on the Philly season with Bob Wankel.